I think that's important here because, you know, um, <clears throat> especially early out, folks are, you know, taught the you know three meals a day. That's it. You know, and 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 again, you're 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 several years out. It's not like you're you're one year out. But I think what's important to hear is that everyone's pattern is different. What works for you to get to whatever your goals are at this point, your goal is to hit a certain amount of calories and protein and carbohydrate because you are training for a particular, you know, bodybuilding show. Um, and it sounds like um, you, you know, you you had meal prepped. So you brought these things to work. What were some of the things just for folks to hear what worked for you? What did you bring as a meal to work? You know, I kind of followed a very simple meal plan. It was okay. single foods, like, you know, just whatever yeah. my meat is, whatever my vegetable yep. is, maybe a good sure. carb starchy source, like, yep. depending on where my macros were and what we were doing. But so I would do sure. like chicken and rice and some veggies or some chicken and sweet potatoes and veggies. Or I did a lot of overnight oats at first um, Mm -hmm. with like a half a scoop or a scoop of protein powder, depending on where I needed to be. Hi, welcome to the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, a bariatric sports dietitian, and I help post-bariatric clients achieve their fitness goals through better nutrition and addressing the problems that come from typical bariatric and sports nutrition advice that just don't work for an active bariatric lifestyle. Welcome to episode 34 of the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tirapelli, bariatric sports dietitian. Today, I'm excited to chat with bariatric athlete and bodybuilder, Ronica Thorpe, also known as at VSG underscore twin boy mom on Instagram. Ronica is 40 years young from Oklahoma. She is a fiance, mom of twin boys, registered nurse, and now fitness enthusiast. She had a vertical sleeve gastrectomy on August 6, 2020 in Tijuana, Mexico. She is down 220 pounds from her highest weight and down 156 pounds since surgery. This surgery was a revision from a lap band that she had in her early 20s, and she was determined to have a better outcome from the surgery. She has fallen in love with weightlifting and just competed in her first bodybuilding competition last month, where she wore her lucky number 24 as her competitor number. Along Ronica's fitness journey, she has fallen in love with barre, bungee, and anything where she can move her body. She has tried many new things, and while not all have been for her, she will never say no and will always try something new. In fact, she is doing a mud run in October with her local bariatric community and looking forward to every second of it. Not only has fitness become a huge part of her life, she now gets to participate in all the activities with her boys. This was one big part of her why in the beginning, and now they get a more interactive mom. She plans to run with one of her sons a 5K next April together and excited that these are the goals that she's able to create with them. Being able to run and play and practice their things with them have given her some of the best highlights over the last three years. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm so glad you're here, Ronica. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit about just your bariatric journey and in general, like why did you choose to have surgery? My entire life I've been overweight. Like it's been a struggle that has not ever been present. Um, It's, you know, something that was talked about at home my entire life. There were several times I was forced to get on the scale when I didn't want to. Like I had to stop playing sports at some point. Um, I grew up playing softball. I never quit that one, but I did have to quit basketball. I just couldn't keep up. So like in my early twenties, I sought out weight loss surgery. And at that point, lap band was like the thing to have. Um, Now I know that I don't necessarily agree with that surgery, but, um, you know, that's kind of where I went, but I learned real quick how to manipulate my band 
real, real quick. Sure. And I wasn't in this, yeah. I, mentally, I just wasn't where I should be um, to have that surgery. Not quite sure how I passed the psyche valve, but I did. And I just, I wasn't ready for it. Um, so I continued to struggle and my weight just continued to balloon or yeah, balloon. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. When I graduated high school, I was probably about 200 ish, maybe 220. Um, and then, you know, by the time I was 30, I was over 300 pounds. So I got sure. pregnant with my boys, probably I had lost some weight. And I think that's kind of, they were kind of a surprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I got down to right about 300 from probably about 340 ish. And I think that's kind of where, oh, you're pregnant now. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. And then after them, like, a lot of depression set in, a lot of anxiety set in, and I turned to my comfort, which was food. And when they were probably about two or maybe one or two, I realized I needed to make a change. So I started researching things. Um, unfortunately, my insurance here in the States didn't cover weight loss surgery, and I knew that I needed a revision. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So call later on locally, those prices were astronomical. And so I was just like, I got to figure something else out. So Right. I found a company in Tijuana and started really researching, you know, being a nurse, you hear all those horror stories about what can happen right. out of state or out of country. But mm -hmm. the more research I did, the more I was like, nope, I think this is what I want to do. And so, you know, in August or the pandemic hit, and that's kind of where I took advantage of things, being a nurse. It's like, well, sure. I can pick up a second job. I can pay for the surgery, you know, and let's do it. And so for about eight months, I was back and forth from Texas, which is, was about a five hour drive from where I live. And every other week I worked in Texas and oh, wow, yeah, during COVID and just so I could come up with the funds to pay for the surgery. Mm -hmm. And then I flew to Mexico and I was bound and determined. I was like, this is kind of my last shot. It's either do or sure. die here. And I got to give it everything that I have. So, sure. um, I, I did. And I was just determined to not fail again. I was like, you know, and I didn't tell a lot of people at first. Um, yeah. It was very much my inner circle knew. And that was kind of about it. Because I was like, people are going to say, well, she's had one of these before. She's just going to fail again. And that was really right. at the back of my mind. And it's still sure. there at times, you know. Um, so about six weeks post-op, whenever I was okay and told I was okay, it is start working out, I went to the gym and I kind of haven't looked back since. So that's uh, kind of where that started that. and how that evolved. That. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. It sounds like, you know, when you had the lap band initially, you were young and, you know, and I think that was kind of a, a common thing. I know when I first became a dietitian, um, that we were, there were a lot of lap bands going on at that point. And of course now, you know, kind of moving away from that more towards the bypass and the sleeve option, right. you know? Um, but I saw that a lot of times too. It was like, Hey, once you kind of knew what foods could slide through, you know, it just wasn't as effective of a surgery for folks and, and, and people were just weren't having that good of success. But it sounds like by the time you were ready for your revision, you were mentally like ready and you were much in, in a better place. It sounds like a hundred percent. And I had a different why. And I think that's really sure. kind of a lot of it. My why was, yeah. you know, I, I became a mom and I became like, I got so much guilt. I was like, I can't run. I can't play with them. I can't do like, it was just and carrying around two babies all the time and two, right. Two car seats. And like, I was just worn out all the time. And I was like, I can't continue sure. to do this. Like, 
they didn't ask for me to, you know, to come into a situation like this. And I got to make a change. I got to make a change for them. And my why is different now, but they were a big part of my initial why. So. Oh, I love that. Well, so then you said that you you started working out, out of the gym around six weeks. So you said that you played softball and you, you know, you had done other sports and things like that. Had you ever done any like lifting or anything before coming into the surgery or was that kind of new? A little bit. Um, like in high school, we did some off season stuff um, and sure. like summer stuff. And part of that was lifting. So I was slightly familiar with the weight room. And then, you know, whenever I was intermittently dieting and, you know, trying all these different things. Cause I've tried probably every fad diet that you can possibly imagine. I've worked a little bit with a personal trainer in the past. And so I was a little bit familiar. Now I was not familiar with the free weight room. I, cause that was not my jam. You know, I'd go to the gym sure. and I didn't look like everybody else. I weighed over 300 pounds and that was just not my comfort place. So right. I had to get more comfortable and that just took time. So just kind of gradually walking into that and stair-stepping my way up into kind of where I am today. So yeah. So let's let's talk about that. So you did a bodybuilding competition last month. And I don't know if any of you guys are listening. Have you followed her on Instagram? She went through her whole journey of training for it. And um, that's what I've been following you this whole time. I know I'm like... (laughs) total Instagram stalker, but I, I was like, gosh, this is awesome. And tell me a little bit about what got you interested in doing bodybuilding competition. You know, how'd it go? Give us the whole summary. Well, so I threw throughout my like time in the gym, you know, of course I'm following people on Instagram and like just doing different yeah. things and watching different things. And I started watching a couple people preparing for summer shred. And I was like, what is this? Like what? Yeah. Like, I don't know what this is. And so I right. really dove into it and I was like, there's a transformation division. There's people that probably will look like me that walk that stage. And, you know, after all my weight loss, there's people with all this excess skin. Like those are the people who gave me the confidence to even be able to get to the point that I'm in today because those people did that. And so I was like, I think I want to do that. You know, here I am. I've fallen in love with the gym. The gym is my happy place. I can tell you, can't even tell you how many times like I become frustrated at home. I look at my significant other. I'm like, I'm going to the gym. That's where I got to go. That's it. I got to get away. Yep. I got to go decompress. And yeah. so I was like, I think I want to do this. And so I reached out to a couple of people who had competed and was like, tell me about this, you know, tell me more about it. Like, what do I need to do? How did you get started? And yeah. one girl said, you need to get a coach and make sure that you can stick with a plan. That's like the Mm -hmm. biggest thing. Cause if you can't stick with a plan, you're not going to be able to do this. And so I reached out to a former friend who had gotten her pro card and Mm -hmm. um, we started working together a little bit. Um, Turns out we were not, she was not the coach for me. And I feel like it's important to find the coach that is for you. Absolutely. Um, But we were together for about four or five months and she started increasing my carbs. And, you know, at first I was so resistant. I was like, I I can't do that. Like, I can't eat that much. You want me to eat that much? Like, there's no way, no way at all. And I was extremely, extremely resistant about that at first. (laughs) Like looking back on it, I'm like, Hmm, I like my carbs now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Right. Um, But someone's telling me to eat carbs. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) But you know, it went against the grain of everything you had learned about weight loss surgery and what you were supposed to do. And of course, 
so I and that was also in my mind. I was like, I'm not eating all that. Like I'm going to gain all my weight back that I've already lost. Right. And so that took a really long time to like get through my head that we got to change yeah. the game, change the script. We got to, you know, sure. stop eating as much fat that we're eating. We got to start eating more carbs and we got to fuel differently. And yeah. when I started finally kind of giving into that, I was like, hmm, I actually feel better in the gym. I actually am stronger yeah. in the gym. I actually can do sure. more in the gym. Right. So, right. Um, so yeah, we worked together for, for probably about six months. And then I was like, she was also my life coach. Now on that aspect, oh my gosh, I grew so much. Like grew, like that was, that was kind of where I learned to love my body, love my excess skin, love who I am and who I've become. Um, So, but I probably for about eight months or so, I worked on my own and just started doing things on my own. And, um, really focusing on flipping that script. And um, I also started coaching a little bit in there as well. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I had a coach through who I was coaching through type of thing. Okay. Um, Got it. And so we were setting macros and increasing carbs. Like we were, I I still had somebody in the background, just not as hands-on as before. And then I reached out to Gianna, who is the coach that I, Picked and who walked me through this whole entire process. And I had been talking yeah. to her because she was one of the coaches that of one of the girls that I had uh, watched and was sure. really interested in, you know, who I had followed competing. And so yeah. we talked here and there. And then I finally decided, okay, let's Took do this. Dive. Let's, yeah. I'm ready. Let's, let's do this. And, and how many, like how many days a week did you train? Like typically in a week, um, how many days did you lift? So we started in December. That's when I started prep. Um, and okay. I had a six day a week schedule and okay. that was pretty intense. I mean, yeah, I work a lot and I had a six day a week schedule and her workouts were about an hour, at least an hour and a half in the gym, a minimum. Oh, wow. And sure. they're pretty intense. Um, but, and did you do like upper lower body split days? Like how did your workouts typically look? Um, she divided it up into muscle groups and okay. it wasn't kind of like a split. It was, I, she had like a 12 days. So two, basically two weeks. And then I rotated and did that whole thing again. Um, Got it. <clears throat> so there might be a leg day, there might be a shoulder and chest day, there might be mm-hmm. an, just a strict arm day, or there's just a strict back day. She, it was, I never knew what was coming next to be quite honest. Sure. We did legs sure. about two days a week and then all, you know, all the other things in between supporting groups. Yeah. And like typically in a workout, like how many sets did you do per, per exercise just for folks to understand kind of what it looked like? Um, it was about uh, usually four sets a piece, but her reps were intense. They humbled me. I'll put it that way. Um, (laughs) she would write in 20 to 25 reps. And so you got to drop weight in order to hit those for four sets. Sure. And I know, there's one that she likes to do. It's a shoulder burnout and it's lateral raises at a hundred and it's oh, one set of a hundred. So that really oh, humbled me the very first time I did it. I grabbed the three pound weight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I can imagine. Jeez. Oh so my gosh. By the end of that, no. I was doing five pounds at a hundred, but you know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So she did and- a lot of that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think I, I hear you saying number one was finding a coach that works f- with you, you know, for you that you you get along with that you because it's a, it's what you did about six months yeah. together, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. You started prep step back in like December. So, I mean, you want to find someone um, and based on what you said, you did some research, you reached out to people that you knew and you were able to find Gianna, who was your coach, just because I know I've, I've had other folks kind of be like, how do I get into this? You know, and it's just about kind of reaching out to your community and finding someone that, you know, might be able to be a good coach that you connect with. Is that right? Right. A hundred percent is. And I highly recommend anybody looking for a coach that you kind of interview a coach, you talk to them Absolutely. and you see, like I knew picking a coach, I needed somebody who had worked with bariatric patients in the past. And the reason yeah. being, cause I needed somebody who knew that I was probably going to fall off at some point and sure. that. I didn't want to hide the fact that, hey, I just had a binge this week or, right. you know, hey, I fell off this day. I could always come to her and I never got chastised. Yes, I got coached through it and I was, sure. she was hard on me, um, but mm-hmm. I was never chastised. I was never made yeah. to feel less of, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And let's talk a little bit about the nutrition. So how did the nutrition change? So before you, like, let's just say before December versus once you started, you know, getting into that prep and, and that training mode, how did your nutrition change over time? Um, so I went from about 70-ish fats a day, essentially, to mm-hmm. a lean. We we were a lean prep the entire time. I went to 50 grams of okay. fat a day, and I was 50 okay. grams of fat a day from December to July. And okay. that was a big change. I mean, any, I mean, I like the fats that I get. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and so and that play an important role. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was really probably the biggest like, boom, like, oh my gosh, we got to change all of this. You know, all your meats yeah. that you have to pick are a little bit different. All everything yeah. that you're doing is different. Also, my carbs mm-hmm. went to 204 grams of carbs. And that's an ins- I love that you say that because think about it. Most folks that have had bariatric surgery are having 100 grams or less. Right. And you are in a leaning competition. You know, obviously it's a it's it's about being as strong as you can be. And you increased your carbs. And I'm so glad that you said that because I think folks are so afraid of carbs, you know, I, especially after bariatric surgery. I understand that because at one point I was there, you know. Yeah. But sure. and it's not the thing is, is getting 204 grams of carbs in whole foods, that's the kicker right there. I can yeah, eat it's hard. 200 grams of sugar. Easy. In yeah, one setting, easy. probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not hard. Right. It's not hard to do. So, but getting those through, you know, all your whole foods, all your bulking foods, like yeah. your rice, your yeah. sweet potatoes, your yeah. oatmeal, all of that, that's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I absolutely. struggled probably for like the first month um, mm-hmm. until my body really got adjusted to that because not only that, I was eating 165 grams of protein a day. There you so, go. Yeah. I mean, my, I keep your protein high, my macros were, my calories were almost 2000 grams or 2000 calories, you know, sure. and that's a lot yeah. of calories for a bariatric patient. And so that kind of yeah. was a big shocker to me, honestly. And sure. it was really hard. And about six weeks in, she would, you know, on our check-in, she's like, are you waking up hungry yet? I'm like, you're crazy. I'm not going to wake up hungry. I'm barely getting this food in as it is. Right. And probably about week eight, I woke up one morning and I was starving. And from that point yeah. on, I was like, I had no problems getting in what I needed yeah. to get in because I, sure. it was finally my muscles caught up and it was utilizing yeah. every single bit of what we were giving it. And by 100%. morning time, if I didn't have something in my system within the first 30 minutes, I was a hangry mom. Like, don't talk to yeah. me type of thing. Yeah, for sure. 
And, you know, I think what's important that you're saying is, is yeah, over time, because, you know, when I, I know when I work with people too, it's like, okay, this is where I'm at with calories. I don't feel very good. And it's like, okay, let's try to increase. It, it takes time to increase it. You can't, it's hard to reach some, you know, significantly higher number. And it sounds like it took you time for your body to really kind of get used to that and, and then realize, yeah, I do need this fuel for the amount of working out that I'm doing. And it feels good. If, That's it. it Am I right in hearing 100%. that? 100%. It felt amazing. And not only sure. that, I was able to lift more. I felt stronger yeah. in the gym. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, that's a crazy thing is right? I, I didn't realize how strong I would feel. Like I, hadn't, like, I hadn't gotten to that point prior to. So I didn't realize that, hey, this is what your body needs in order to yeah. get stronger, in order to lift heavier. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I know you and I, before we, you know, have in our chats that we've had before today, um, you work the night shift as a nurse. So I know that that is challenging, especially when sleep is impacted, you know, circadian rhythm and how you feel. Tell us a little bit about how you made all of this work, considering you also work at the night shift. Like, tell us a little bit about that. How did you do your nutrition? How did you do your training? Like what times, that kind of thing? It was tough. Um, and trying, so I think the biggest part is there's two days in that night shift cycle that are the toughest parts. First day back and like very much like today, I have to work tonight. So I have to stretch my nutrition from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed in the morning, which is about 8 a.m. So and that was that was really difficult at times um, because there was especially after the point I hit where I was starving all the time. Even with right. all of those calories, I was starving all the time. So making that work for almost 24 hours on some days was extremely difficult. Then on top of that, your body doesn't like being up like that. It doesn't like of course. the stress. It doesn't like the increase in cortisol. It doesn't like any of that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, and so that was extremely difficult. It was It was a big adjustment and especially training six days a week. So I had to be extremely diligent about my sleep, extremely diligent. Yeah. I would have to get off work and things would have to be very, very set in my ways. Structured. Um, yeah. Very structured. And I'm not a structured person. I have really bad ADHD. So I am not a structured sure. person. Yeah. And so that was a I big understand. change. And a lot of my time constraints were very pushed. So I had to kind of step mm-hmm. back and be like, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be yeah. successful? So I would sleep. From about 8, 8.30 to about 3 p.m., I woke up at okay. 3, and okay. I would eat, and then I would go straight to the gym and work out about an hour and a half. My goal was to leave the gym between, hopefully by 5-ish, so I could come between 5 and 5.15, come home, get ready, get changed, and out the door. Had to be meal prepped. I'm not a meal prepper. <laughs> Yeah. Like got to do it. My meal prep is let me just get all of my ingredients ready and I throw it together as I go. That's my meal prep. But I had to, I had to change the script and I had to be very much meal prepped and very much set Mm -hmm. on the flip side of that. My turnaround transition day is a hard day as well. I would come home and I would sleep and then I would wake up about two or three and work on transitioning back, but I would want to go to bed about midnight. So now I have to cram all my nutrition in from 3 p.m. to midnight along with my gallon of water in my tiny tummy. So that was extremely difficult. There was days, those days I had a lot of supplementation. Sure. So sure. 
And did you feel like um, on those days that you worked, were you, did you eat like every, you know, how did you s- stretch it out? How did you time your meals? What was your pattern? Um, if I didn't have to make the full 24 hours, like if I, it was just a regular night at work, I would eat before work. Um, and mm-hmm. then whenever I got to work, I would, after my first big rush, which is my nightly med pass, after that big mm-hmm. rush, I would sit down and eat again. Gotcha. And, yeah. you know, it was just, you have to prioritize that basically. Yeah. Um, as a nurse, we're really busy and sometimes, you know, it's, it's really hard to find a few minutes to sit down and take a bite, but it was a priority sure. to me. And so mm-hmm. I would find those five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. And if I had to shovel food and that's hard to do as a bariatric patient, but right. if I had to shovel food, I would, you know, or sure. eat maybe five minutes and then 10, 20 minutes later, eat another five minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would do that every two to three hours while at work and people around yeah. me would be like, why are you eating so much? Like what's going You know, yeah. I had to explain. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? But then they yeah, would all of understand and never say anything. But, right. you know, so I probably ate every two to three hours at work, maybe yeah. three to four, it just kind of depended on my night. So. Sure. And I, I think that's important here because, you know, um, <clears throat> especially early out, folks are, you know, taught the you know, three meals a day. That's it. You know, and 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 again, you're 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 several years out. It's not like you're you're one year out. But I think what's important to hear is that everyone's pattern is different. What works for you to get to whatever your goals are at this point, your goal is to hit a certain amount of calories and protein and carbohydrate because you are training for a particular, you know, bodybuilding show. Um, and it sounds like um, you, you know, you you had meal prepped. So you brought these things to work. What were some of the things just for folks to hear what worked for you? What did you bring as a meal to work? You know, I kind of followed a very simple meal plan. It was single foods, like, you know, just whatever my meat is, whatever my vegetable is, maybe a good carb starchy source, like depending on where my macros were and what we were doing. But so I would do like chicken and rice and some veggies or some chicken and sweet potatoes and veggies. Or I did a lot of overnight oats at first um, Mm -hmm. with like a half a scoop or a scoop of protein powder, depending on where I needed to be. Um, That's it's all very simple. Very, very, very simple foods. Easy and easy. Simpler, the better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the simpler and the less processed that you get and you know, the less of the unknown of what you know is in your food. So Sure. And so would you make a bunch of chicken breasts like for the week or, you know what I mean? Prep that protein ahead of time so that it was ready. If for I, work? so at first I did a six, eight split with my work days. I would work six days okay. on. So I do Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then I'd have eight days off. So I would gotcha. meal prep for those full six days on my days off. I can't, I couldn't continue to do that. I have like right. at the end of those six days, I had trouble eating that six day of food just because it was sure. all the same pretty much. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So on my days off, it looked different. But yes, for my work days, I would meal prep everything. And I would, I worked out of town as well. That was another big thing. Oh, wow. So I took all my food with me. And so I had oh, it all gosh. meal prepped at home. And then it all traveled with me about an hour and a half away. So, you yeah. know, the day before I left, I would sit down and kind of figure out what I'm making, figure out how much I needed to make of everything and then put it all together. So I love that. And, and it just, I mean, because it can be done, you it know, can it be. can be done. You know, it's, and when you put your mind to it, it can be done. Yeah, you, I mean, I had a goal and that was the biggest thing. And I was like, I'm not giving up on myself and I'm not failing myself. I've told myself this is my goal. And in the past, I would just continue to give up and fail myself and not complete what I was doing. But I was determined. Sure. And so if yeah. you have a, 
if you have a determination, you will find a way to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And and so just give us just so uh, folks kind of know what what did you like to eat pre workout or like recovery meal? What were some of your favorites? Um, I'm a creature of habit, <laughs> and so I had I egg whites are almost always on my pre workout meal, almost always. And right. then I would always yep. find like a low fat like chicken sausage or something just okay. to kind of continue to add flavor. Uh, sure. Trader Joe's has a really great sausage links that are really low fat that they yeah like make in house I think um sure and so I would pair like egg whites in that and then maybe I would always eat some fruit right before I go work out Perfect. you know about 15 20 grams Good. of carbs and mm-hmm. before I went and lifted and so that was yeah. kind of always my pre-workout meal Sure. So, yeah. What made you feel good? Yeah. Right. And then what about like your recovery meal? What types of things did um, you like? My recovery meal. I always drink a post-workout shake. That's kind of where my post-workout dedication came from. Um, and that is sure. comprised of a whey protein isolate and mm-hmm. some carbs. Um, it's perfect. It's through first form. It's formula one and ignition. And so I pair sure. those two together and it was 22 grams of carbs and 20 grams of protein. And that was always my post-workout. Um, there you go. I wouldn't always eat after that. It was m- mostly just that. Um, and then I would sure. eat probably an hour or two later. Yeah. So. I love to hear that you're doing the, the protein and the carbohydrate. Cause I know, especially post-workout protein is so important for recovery and, and for muscle growth, but you still have to replace the carbohydrate that you just used 100%. as well. So I'm, 100%. you know, it's, it's, good that you're doing both. Um, and, and tell us a little bit about like the, you know, how did this type of competition, you know, impact your mental state? Like, would you do it again? Did you enjoy it? Like, how did, how did you feel overall when you're looking back? Um, I, there's plans to do it again. <laughs> we'll put it that yeah. way. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I would definitely do it again. It was a highlight. Like the day of was absolutely amazing. And people are like, you did all of this for about 30 seconds. Yes, I did all of this yeah. for about 30 seconds. I honestly did. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I absolutely amazing. The whole process itself really taught me so much about myself. It kind of taught me how much grit and grind I have, how much determination, willpower I have. Um, sure. And really what I'm made up of, because there were so many days that I did not want to go to the gym. So many days I did not want to show up for myself. But at the end of the day, I did. I did have some fall offs. I'm not going to lie. There's about a week that about a week halfway through, I was kind of a screw it all mentality. I'm not doing this anymore. I am done. I maybe worked out twice that week and I did not eat right that week. But (laughs) yeah, Yeah. so it's okay. How did you, how did you kind of, what, what made you get back on track? What made you kind of go back to it? Um, The support of family and friends. They're like, you're not sure. giving enough. Like, this is not what you yeah. said to do. This is not where you are. Yeah. Um, the support at home is absolutely beyond amazing. My my fiance is my number one fan by all means. Sure. And, you know, it was like, what are you doing, Ronica? What's up? Like, is this really what you want to do? Like, are you yeah. really going to give up with what you're doing? And, yeah. Um, so that's kind of where it was. Now I felt awful getting back on track after that week. You know, I didn't feel very good yeah. because my nutrition was not in a good place. Sure. So, but I mean, about a week later, after all that bloat and inflammation and the nutrition was better, we yeah. I felt better and was able felt to get back it. on yeah. track. So, sure. 
I love that. But I think that's important to hear because, you know, like having big goals, uh, it's not all, you know, roses. It's hard. It's a, it's a journey that you're on in that respect and it doesn't all come easy. And I know we talked about this right before we hit record. I was saying how a, a, this type of a, a competition, I mean, it takes super consistent and diligent focus like around the clock on your eating pattern and your training. And and it's hard. I mean, that's hard mentally to be able to dial in for that long of a period. And it's, I mean, I commend you. I, I think that's fantastic. And especially since you had a set goal you wanted to reach and you were like, dude, I'm doing this, you right. know, and um, you didn't. And, and like I said, like, and like you said, you know, things sometimes go off the rails and that's, you still did the competition. You had a week that didn't go great and that's okay. I love hearing that. Well, you know, so I'm a binge eater. I will, you know, mm-hmm. I have a food addiction and I'm a binge eater. And, yeah. you know, at one point through my journey, someone was like, you've lost all this weight. Are you still a food addict? Why, why do you say that? I'm like, is an alcoholic still an alcoholic after 20 years? The answer is yes. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. you know, I consider myself a food addict and I know I have binge eating disorder. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there was, I, I think I can count about five times where I fell off and had a few days of a binge. Um, sure. And that is very significant especially when you have to take pictures and check in every week that shows like it 100% shows and this has been this was the most restricted I had ever been on my eating ever been even through you know post weight loss surgery I wasn't ever as restricted as what I had to be right then and so Mm -hmm. tucking your tail between your legs and going to your coach and saying, look, this is what I did. This is the week I had. And these are why my pictures look like this. And this is why I have two more pounds that I'm reporting to you versus two pounds lost. And, you know, so, but that taught me a lot. It taught me that, Hey, the body, the food that you put in your body fuels you a certain way and it can make you feel one way or the other. Um, Right. And I learned a lot about like how food made me feel through the whole process. And I mean, just being so clean and then introducing something that wasn't so clean. And, you know, it was, it, it's amazing how food can make you feel to be quite honest. Yeah. That's so true. That is so true. And what's kind of like, what would be any advice that you might give to someone that might consider competing? Cause I know this isn't for everybody and that's okay. I think it's important for folks to hear you know, the different types of things you can do, you know, but what's some advice that you might give to someone who's considering maybe going into a competition like this? Um, really just really focus on like, really figure out like, do you think you can do this? Do you think you can follow something? Um, and that's really what the advice was to me, you know, figure out if you can follow a plan. And, um, another thing is, is the financial aspect of it. Bodybuilding is not cheap. And you got to come in knowing that you're going to probably drop quite a bit of money. I mean, I think I did all my calculations and it was close to $6,000 through the whole process between coaches and food and supplements and competition and stuff like that. That's a big, it's one thing that I don't feel like it's talked enough, you know, when people set out to do this, it's, that's a big thing. Um, And then just making sure you have that support. The support is so, so, so important. Um, make sure you have the support in in your home. Cause if you don't, um, that's like, there was certain foods that just wasn't allowed to be bought. You know, you can't have that food because that is a trigger food for me. And if I see it in the house, it's going to be eaten type of thing, you know? Sure. And so having that support is huge, absolutely huge. So, um, just, you know, figuring out if you can stick to something that's so restricted for so long 
and whether or not that support is there. And if it's not there, whether or not you're able to go without that support, because there's going to be, there were days through the end of prep that I was so tearful and so emotional and I didn't know why. And there was one day I looked at my fiance. I said, I just need you to come lay with me and hold me because I don't know why I'm crying. I don't, I I don't know why, but I just need you right now. Yeah. And so I, I, support probably is like the biggest thing. That's what I keep coming back to is that support factor. Yeah. No, that's great advice. And what maybe is like one of the biggest lessons that you learned throughout this particular phase of your, you know, post-bariatric journey, this particular little phase of time, what was the biggest lesson learned? That I can do whatever I set my mind out to do. Like, honestly, I I wasn't sure that I was able to, because I never completed anything to that extent, you know, I never stayed on a diet. I never, I always fell off. I always gave myself an excuse. That was a big one. I am the queen of excuses. You got to, you need an excuse for something. I probably come up with it or I can help you come up with it. (laughs) You're a good friend. (laughs) (laughs) But not making an excuse, not telling myself, well, I can't do this because, you know, it's, if you, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. You know, I had to get real with myself and, but, just knowing that I can do something, I can complete it, I can accomplish a goal. Like those are the biggest things that I learned about myself, which helped me in, you know, going forward and moving forward and telling me that I can do another competition. And I absolutely can continue doing this. So did you ever envision like uh, before you had the revision surgery, did you ever envision that you'd be where you are oh, today? God, no, 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 no. I, I tell everybody you could have not convinced me three years ago that I'd be studying right here. Like there's no yeah. way, absolutely no way. Like, oh. like I literally went to Mexico on a hope and a prayer. Like yeah. this is going to either save my, I'm either going to save my life or I'm going to be dead in two or three years or my kids are going to be taking care of me. And that was right. like, they don't, like that's not what their role is, yeah. you know? Right, right. Totally. So, Aww. well, can you tell us um, where can the audience, um, where can they reach you? Where can they learn more about you or maybe ask questions? I am on Instagram um, awesome. and I am at VSG underscore twin boy mom. And I am an open book. I love to share my journey. I, you know, each day I kind of pop on after I do a workout and I dedicate one of my workouts to somebody who follows me. Um, reach out to them and shout them out. And a lot of times it's somebody new to the community, somebody who just had surgery. Um, But I love connecting with my followers and like building those relationships. And I am an open book. Like if you want to know something, I have no qualms about telling you exactly, you know, what it is. Yeah. So. Oh, well, I appreciate that. No. And thank you so much for your time today. Because again, I know I in before in talking to you on Instagram and things like that, I've just been totally watching your journey. And I thought what I loved is that you were just so open and honest about, you know, things that you struggled with, like, hey, this is how I'm feeling today, or this workout didn't feel great. Or, and then also just your, um, the day of and the day before and the day after and all the all the detail that you put into, you know, co- surrounding that competition. I think that was so interesting. Because again, it's, it's something a little bit different. Um, that, you know, someone that's had bariatric surgery may not think that they could ever do. And look at you through all the things that you've been through. You did it. And I'm just, I'm pumped for you. And I I thank you so much for being on today. Well, I just want to tell anybody, like, if you set yourself a goal, don't give up on yourself, continue to like strive for that goal. You may fall off tracks, but get back on, you know, pick up the pieces, get back on and continue to strive. Because if, if you are determined to do something, you will accomplish it. 
and it doesn't matter what obstacles get in your way, you will continue to accomplish it and you'll knock it out of the park. That's such good advice. Oh, thank you. Well, let's end on that because that's an awesome piece of advice. I love that. Um, But thank you so much again for your time today. I appreciate it, Ronica. You guys go give her a follow because you're going to learn so much and she's just so fun to watch and and all her lifting uh, stories and and just like experience with it and what's worked, what hasn't. You can gain some, um, you know, information. It's it's always helpful and we love finding folks in the community that share their journey. So thank you, Ronica. I appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for your time and thank you for asking me to be on the podcast. You bet. You bet. Well, you guys, you can watch the full um, video of this podcast on my YouTube channel, the Active Bariatric Nutrition Channel. So make sure to subscribe to it. Give it a like. And also, if you don't mind, just share this podcast with maybe one person who you think might find this information helpful um, and inspirational. Um, We're trying to basically spread the word of of the podcast, which is bringing folks in from the community, experts, um, but people that are living day to day and doing the things that, you know, they're setting their goals for. And I think that's helpful and inspirational. So if you don't mind sharing the podcast, podcast with someone that would be awesome um you can also follow me on social media on my instagram which is at active bariatric as well as my facebook and tiktok pages and if you'd like to learn more about my one-to-one bariatric nutrition coaching services please go to my website which is activebariatricnutrition.com and you can schedule a free discovery call so we can learn more about each other so thanks again for tuning in this week appreciate all of you guys and your time and we'll do it again next week take care everybody thanks veronica bye